Praise the Lord. So good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. So good. Rita, dear, God bless you guys. Coming all the way from the uh, peninsula over. So good to see you guys. North Carolina's represented in the house. And uh, wow, we've got folks from all around. We thank you for coming out in the second service here at Christian Embassy. We had a tremendous time in our first service. And I pray that God's going to do even more here today in our midst and uh, as we give him praise and glory. I just uh, am excited about where God is leading us uh, as a church and uh, in the ministry. And it's, uh, I, it's, it's global what God is calling us to do. Uh, we're raising up under assignment of the Spirit of God uh, to raise up a covenant keeper's uh, a group a ministry uh, that's going to go global. We'll have chapters in every state and every city and every nation around the world will be our goal. And then we'll have gatherings together as covenant keepers come together. But in doing that, we're laying the foundation of understanding our covenant with God. The covenant that God has given to us is a blood covenant and it has great power. And uh, so we're doing a teaching so that from this house where God has called us to birth this covenant keepers that's going global, that we will, we will have the foundation to undergird that. And I put a gavel up here because it's a legal thing that we're talking about. It's actually more uh, uh, etched in stone as far as legality than any law known to man because it's, it's what God has set up with us, this great covenant. And in Hebrews tells us it's a better covenant. Now, we read about the covenant in the Old Testament. We read about the Abrahamic covenant. But the one that Jesus came, he came and improved it. Uh, it's new and improved. Praise the Lord. So everything of the Old Testament that we study about covenant is un wonderful to understand uh, it, how covenant is established and the bedrock of covenant. But then once you get that understanding, Jesus just takes it to a whole new level. And what he gives us is better. He, the Hebrews tells us that uh, we have Jesus that came. He mediated as our high priest a better covenant that was established on better blood, that was established on better promises, and it was the very blood of the Son of God, so it is unbreakable. And it's, uh, and it's very important that we understand the legality of this so that we can stand on it with great confidence. And that's what we want to do here at Christian Embassy. We want to help uh, you understand uh, so that you can, with great confidence, build your family and build your life on covenant and bring the stuff in your life that is just uh, harem scarum and it seems like what happens just happens and you bring it under the rule of covenant that you have in Christ Jesus. And you can do that. We're going to teach you how to do that. Then we want to help teach the world how to do that uh, in keeping covenant with God. And this will affect the covenant of marriage. It will affect the covenant of family. It will affect our covenant with our finances. It will affect our covenant in every area of life. But it's got to start with our covenant understanding with the covenant of blood of, blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So that's what we're looking at and why we're doing that. And it kind of, uh, when you understand the legality of it, it'll give you a confidence that maybe you normally don't have. Uh, here's a teeny little example. Uh, it's puny compared to the blood covenant. But let me just give you an example of a present day story in my life. Someone in my household, we won't call their name, called and ordered um, or signed up for a free trial of something. Okay? Anybody know that when you have to give a credit card for a free trial, you're in trouble? Okay. So the free trial comes and uh, they call and say, we don't, we're not interested. The trial is here. We're not interested. 
do not, do not charge us and do not send any product. Well, immediately before the phone was hung up, there was two attempts of a charge, like $90 each. And fortunately, our credit card company that we use, that we pay off every month to get the air miles so we can fly to the West Coast to see our in-laws uh, free every year, uh, that, you know, that credit card recognized this not as good, and they declined it. And with the double, they said they thought our card had been stolen, so they cancel our account. They text us and say, you don't have a credit card anymore. And uh, so we'll issue a new one. There's been some scam alert. Or we saw who had done it. We knew who it was. And the timing of when it was done is when the person was on the phone telling them no. Okay. So we had to go through the inconvenience of a week later getting a, a new credit card with a new number on it, thinking all of that was behind us. Well, uh, this week we got a new charge on there for $125 from this same company on the new credit card. How they do that, I don't know. Well, uh, yesterday I had the privilege, and they had the privilege of us having conversation. And, uh, and uh, we, we had conversation, and I called them, and I knew what they had done was not legal. And because I knew I was in the right legally, I had a confidence and I had a plan and my plan was the only plan that was going to be acceptable. Now they're trained not to go with my plan. They have their own plan. And they happen to tell me that, okay, well there was a mistake made and uh, we didn't get your do not send request and you know the product has been sent out and once you receive the product, if you disapprove and send it back and we approve that it came back to us in a, in a rightful manner, then we will credit you your card. And I said, absolutely not. I said, I said, you will credit my card right now, and that's the end of it. They said, but what, there's product already been mailed out. I said, who was the idiots that did that? I didn't say idiots. I'm now being a little more expressive. I tried to be very, very nice, and, but very firm. But idiots was in the back of my mind. And I had to get it out, so I just got it out. And... Uh, <clears throat> I said, we did not order this, and we're not, this is not the plan. What you're going to do is you're going to credit it back right now. And uh, he said, well, I don't have the authority to do that. And I said, well, you better find the authority to do it, because I have the authority to demand it. Otherwise, I've got your screen opened up. I can press one button, and I can dispute this. I'll get my money back immediately. I'll put it down. It was a scam. And uh, then my credit card company is going to be investigating you guys. And I says, uh, you know, and I, I tell you what, the nicest thing that can happen here is you just own up. You did me wrong. Put my money back in. Well, sir, there's a product coming out. You will have our product. And once you send that product back and we approve that it's in good condition, we'll give you your money back. I said, I just walked in a store. You had some thugs in the store that worked for the store. They mugged me. They took $125. They kicked me out. And now they say they're mailing me a shirt. And when I receive the shirt, if I don't want the shirt, and I mail the shirt back in an acceptable fashion, then you will give me the money you robbed from me. I said, absolutely not. I said, I'm calling state attorney general's office. I said, this here, we're going to shut you guys down. You're a scam. You're, you're ripping people off. And this will not be. Either you will make this right, own up you made a mistake, and give me my money now or we can, I said, I can click this button and get my money back really easy and the credit card will take it back from you guys and then I'm going and we'll put this on review every, everywhere possible to let them know these folks are thieves, they're thieves. And I says, or you can own up and say, we made a mistake and we'll give you your money back. 
And he said, well, I'm texting my supervisor right now and uh, with the latest of what you've just said, and uh, I I got a reply, sir, you will get a refund. And please send the product back when it comes to you. I said, I won't accept it because I'm not paying postage for something I didn't order, and I won't accept it, and if the post office takes it back to you, all well and good. I didn't ask for it. You guys need to learn a lesson. You don't do people this way. And, uh, but I was very confident because I knew I was in the right. I knew I was in the right. There was another family member uh, at one time. Got, uh, they, they were a little distracted and maybe was speeding a little bit and got pulled over. And, uh, and the officer walks up and they say, uh, uh, Officer, I know the mayor. And uh, <laughs> mayor, it didn't help because the officer said, Well, I know the mayor too. <clears throat> And the person driving, which was not me, so we will not disclose who it was, but it was not me, said, uh, okay, officer, and and took the ticket because they did not have confidence because they were in violation of a speed limit, which we've all done, so don't act like you're holier than thou. Okay, I've gotten mine too. I didn't pull the mayor card because I'd already learned it doesn't work. Mayor, when is it going to work? Ever? Never? It don't even work for his wife. Oh, my, my, Sister Phyllis. Our heart goes out to you. <laughs> so, so, nonetheless, uh, <laughs> I'm in trouble after the service, I know for sure. But, um, hmm? yes, you are. I didn't call any names. It could have been Townsend, but you just fessed up. Okay. <laughs> But what I, my point is, when you know you're legally in the right, you can pull in authority behind you to, to enforce that right. And you can do it with great confidence. And God says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, and we don't stand up for our right. We don't stand up for what Jesus has already provided for us Because maybe we had a bad fault. Maybe we didn't do something we promised to do. Maybe we didn't tithe three weeks ago. Maybe we forgot to uh, show up at a place that we were supposed to show up. And the devil brings condemnation saying, you've messed up. You're not perfect. You don't have a right. Well, I'm talking about a blood covenant that this covenant is based on the purity and the righteousness of the blood of Jesus, not the purity and the righteousness of you. Now, what you have to do in order to be in this covenant, take advantage of this covenant, is you have to have an up-to-date personal relationship with the one who wrote the covenant, and that is Jesus Christ. He has to be not only your Savior, He must be your Lord, which means you are surrendering your will, you're surrendering your life to Him. And as you call Him Lord and Savior, you're born again, you are supernaturally brought into a spiritual kingdom that is operating by this blood covenant and it is more legally your right, every provision of this covenant, than any legal system on this earth. Every legal system on this earth is just a shadow of the perfect, righteous legal system of God. And you and I must not back down when we're not, when we are not operating in the covenant. We must demand uh, the blood covenant. We must put our demand on it so that the enemy will learn his lesson of who we are in Christ. 
Now, we've got an amazing story in the Old Testament. And remember, this is just a shadow of a covenant with blood of animals pointing to the blood of Jesus. So our covenant's better. So everything we see in this story, what we have is even better, okay? But there is an amazing story in the Old Testament that shows us how to put a demand or place a demand on the covenant of God and see the power of the blood covenant manifested in our lives. Second Chronicles chapter 20, we're going to be looking at the stories, quite a few verses, but it's telling the story of the sermon here. Chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. This is, uh, uh, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat is the fourth king after Solomon. First, second kings, we're talking about David and Solomon. We get into Chronicles. We see the kingdom is split. We got the kingdom of Judah. We have the fourth king is Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat loves God. Jehoshaphat, he, he detests all of the false gods that have been set up, and he brings a revival into the land, tear down the high places that we're going to serve the one, the true, and the only God because we're in covenant with him. All these dead gods and all this rubbish, he says we're not in covenant with that. We have a covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we're bringing Judah and this kingdom back under his rule and reign. So it says that now that he's got this revival going on, guess what? The devil comes against him. So stop believing that if the enemy is fighting against you, it must mean you're a bad person. If the devil's trying to bring sickness in your body, you must be horrible. If there's a struggle with finances, man, you are not a good Christian. Let me tell you what, Jehoshaphat is leading a revival. He is bringing everybody back under the covenant of God and the enemy is coming against him. Look at verse 2. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, There's this great multitude coming against you from beyond the sea. From Syria, and they are at Hazazon and Tamar, which is in Gidi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And here's what he said. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Are you not, are you, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand, is there not enough power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it, and they have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, swords, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and we will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are! They're rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. Now they're standing before the Lord. It's covenant language. Then the Spirit of the Lord, I'm telling you, when you stand on covenant, you'll get the Spirit of God moving. You'll get the Spirit of God moving. 
And here's this guy, Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, and the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. In the midst of the assembly, here's Jehaziel. He stands up and he said, listen, because the Spirit of God's moving on him. So God's using him to speak. He says, listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. They're standing before God. That's a covenant language. They're standing, they're positioning themselves in covenant. And here, Jehoshaphat's just going on saying, we're in covenant with you, and you're the one that has the power, and you're the one that has the wisdom, and you're the one that has the ability, and we've done what you said to do, but we're standing on your promise now that you're going to deliver. And then God, by His Spirit, moves you through Jehaziel and says, here's what I say to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed because of how great the problem is, because of how horrible the condition is, because of how terrible the circumstances are. He said, don't be afraid, for the battle is not yours. You've just called me in. You've just spoken covenant language and you've called me in and this battle is mine. So then the Lord says, verse 16, tomorrow go down against them and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jethro. You will not need to fight in this battle. I'm telling you, when you're standing on covenant, you find that part of your covenant privilege is that God does the fighting for you. You just got to stand. He said, put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Put on your feet, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the Spirit, and the shield of faith, and, and speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit, he says, you, so that you can stand. That's covenant language. So that you can stand against all the wiles of the devil. Who's going to take care of the devil while you stand? The Lord says, I will fight this for you. Hallelujah. So you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, stand still and see the fulfillment and the manifest of, of the covenant that God has with you and you have with God. For He is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. So what do you do when you're in covenant? You don't have to worry about what the devil's doing. When you understand and see where he's coming in, you stand in covenant. And when you stand in covenant, you know God's going to fight this battle for you. So what he wants you to do is he wants you to begin to worship him. He wants that, that relationship is what the covenant is all about, the relationship, you see? So then the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. That's why I say we're a charismatic church. And, and some people say, what does that mean? Well, one, it means that we have open worship, that our God deserves and loves to hear us open our mouth loud and high. You see what they did, these covenant people? They, this is before the Holy Ghost came and lived in them. This is before Jesus came and saved them with just the blood of an ox and a blood of a dove with the promise of a Messiah and the promise of the Spirit of God. They're shouting out loud with a high voice and they're praising God and they're lifting up their hands and they're dancing before the Lord. What's wrong with us, people? Come on now. And we must not know that we're in covenant with God. We must not know the covenant power that 
we have and we're all whining and crying and talking about our pain and our problem and our circumstances when we should stand in covenant and say, God, if God be for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he was in the world. The enemy will come in one day, but got to flee a thousand. Hallelujah. We've got to learn to stand in covenant and praise and worship our God. Verse 20, so they rose early in the morning and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa and they went out and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. That's covenant language. Believe His prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. I'm telling you, they're sending the praisers out front rather than the soldiers and the mighty warriors. They're sending the praisers. They understand covenant. God's going to do what He said He's going to do. Look at verse 22. And when they began... Come on, let's say that together. And when they began, not five minutes, not 10 minutes, not 30 minutes, but the moment they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. The moment they began to praise, hallelujah, God, the covenant God says they got it. They got it. They understand. They're standing on covenant. And because they're standing on covenant, it puts a demand on me and I'm coming in. Like Paul and Silas at the midnight hour when they were beaten and imprisoned uh, instead of whining and complaining, uh, they called on covenant God and they began to praise God. And in that midnight cell, in that midnight prison, uh, God says, you're calling on me. Covenant is putting a demand on the covenant. And He stepped in and He opens the prison up for them. Hallelujah. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. Demons killing demons. Cancer, ki cancer cells killing cancer cells and canceling out the cancer. Come on now. Infection attacking infection and canceling out the infection. Come on now. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, remember the praisers are out front, so they get to see it first. They looked towards the multitude, and there was nothing but dead bodies. And they'd all fall into the earth. No one had escaped. No one. I tell you what, when God does something, He does it right. So when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, see, the devil's got to pay you back. You've suffered with arthritis. You're a covenant man or woman of God. That's got to go, but you've got to get paid back. You're going to get more strength than you had when you were 20. Come on now. You're going to, you, you got to pay you back. So he says, they came to take the spoil. They found an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. Look at there. So for three days, sun up to sundown, three days, they came back gathering all of the spoil because there was so much. Let me tell you what, the devil's got to pay you back more. You find out the thief, he's got to pay you, what, a hundred times more. Come on now. We've got to stop the thief and not only get back what he stole from us, but pay us back a hundred times more or a thousand times more. So on the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barucah and they blessed the Lord because of the name of that place was called the Valley of Barucah until this day. 
Then they returned every man to Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of God. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries that heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Wow. What we just witnessed here is history showing us the power of the blood covenant. Now remember, this blood covenant that God gave them was just sealed with the animal's blood. We've not yet got Jesus, the Son of God, coming as the Lamb of God, shedding His blood, giving us a better covenant. Hallelujah. So what is this covenant, this blood covenant? For you and me, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. The Son of God came and says, Father, what this shadow has been, what this sign and pointing to has been, he said, let me go and make it, make it permanent. And Father said, yes, go, Son. And Jesus came and shed his blood in seven different places that we study in the Scripture. Now, Peter tells us that we are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And that word redeemed means a ransom was set upon our heads as we were held in bondage and, and held in, in, in against our will under the enemy's territory. And a ransom was placed over our lives. And Jesus came with his blood in covenant and ransom, paid the ransom to redeem you and me. So that... We no longer live under the enemy's control and at the enemy's expense. Amnon, Mount Seir, they have no control over us. The enemy, as far as God sees it, needs to be destroyed in our lives. And we, we do a teaching on the seven places Jesus shed his blood and the significance of that. We don't have time this morning. It is online. And I do need to do that teaching, an updated teaching, now that we've uh, really uh, got our overheads and everything that we're taking to the public with those that are viewing. So that, look forward to that coming because God has called us as a church to, to establish a covenant keepers. And we'll have chapters and cities and townships. We'll have chapters that fill the states, that will fill the nation, that will fill the global world. And we will have conferences that come together and there will be hundreds of thousands. The Lord has shown me this. And there will be a global movement of covenant keepers. And every one of these in covenant keepers is going to be studying this curriculum that God has given us to put down so that they understand the covenants of God they understand the blood covenant that Jesus has established for us and they come in, they're going, to, they're going to come into covenant and they're going to stand firm on covenant and they're going to place a demand on covenant and they're going to bring the privileges and the blessings and the spoil that comes from covenant into every covenant relationship they have in the covenant of marriage, in the covenant of parenting, in the covenant of the marketplace, in the covenant that we have among the body of Christ and especially the covenant we have in God. It is going to, I believe, it's going to be a wave that is going to bring such a revival that is going to bring uh, not just a revival but a revolution 
solution, I see it, that it's going to be like a wave that literally takes and lifts the whole kingdom of God to another level. Now, we've got our part to play. I know God's got others He's speaking to that it's all going to come together. We don't need to worry about that. We need to be focused on what He's got our part to do in initiating this and kick-starting this and beginning to mobilize it and having covenant keepers, husbands, wives, fathers, sons, daughters. It's not to separate. It's to bring us all together because the covenant is for all of us. Amen. So this covenant that Jesus gave to us over 2,000 years ago through His blood, through His last will and testament, sealed by His own blood, became an unbreakable covenant. It is an unbreakable covenant. In other words, on God's part, there is no question as to whether He's going to do what He said He's done. Not He's going to do what He said He's going to do. He's already done it. So it's unbreakable. Come on now. And, 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 and the power to be forgiven and the power to be healed and the power to be delivered and the power for abundant life and the power to walk in God's authority and the power to be made whole and the power to be changed forever all come through the power of this covenant. And, and, and for too long, too many Christians have not understood the power and the benefits of the blood covenant. But God has given us an assignment here at Christian Embassy to erase that and overwrite that with the knowledge of the Word of God by the power of the Spirit of God so that everyone will hear will, will be able to receive it. So we come against every deaf and dumb spirit because the deaf and dumb spirit that Jesus came against in the beginning of His ministry is a sign to us that the enemy wants to close our ears so we don't hear and mute our tongue so we don't speak. So there's a blind, deaf, and dumb spirit, so we come against that in the name of Jesus that our eyes would be open to see and our ears would be open to hear the truth of God's Word so that our faith might rise up so that we will begin to declare and decree from a position of authority, from a position of covenant that puts a demand on the covenant that brings forth the manifest of the covenant privileges in our lives. Hallelujah. So we're talking about healing and protection and provision like we've never known before because our God is a good, good God and all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. Hallelujah! So the blood of Jesus opens the door to the supernatural. It opens the door to the miraculous power of God. And there's some of you sitting here right now as me, myself, who still need to see the manifest of the power and the miracles of God in our lives. And we're going to break through as we get a better understanding and position. Not just to understand it, but we got to position ourselves in covenant to place a demand on the covenant. Hallelujah. So you got to put a demand on it. Now, how do we do that? Let me tell you, it's like, just like with uh, your house. Unless you lived in Hatteras for the last week, you know, you had electricity in your house. Okay? You know, they had a break, cut, somebody contractor cut a line. Okay, that's over. And nonetheless, you got power in your house, right? Now, there's power in your house 24-7, but it doesn't manifest unless you put a demand on it, right? You could walk in your house, and if you don't put a demand on it, it is just as dark and is just as hot and just as humid and miserable as the outside, if not more so. But if you put a demand on the electricity that's there, you can have lights, you can have AC, and you can have running water. You can have all this stuff if you put a demand on it. And the same thing is true. The church has had the covenant provided for us for over 2,000 years. 
but we don't know how to put a demand on it. So we're living in darkness and we're living in misery and we're letting the enemy just laugh and do what he wants. I say enough is enough. If Jesus defeated the devil, then we need to see the manifest of that defeat in our lives as well. Come on, somebody say amen. So here we see uh, Jehoshaphat showing us how to put a demand on the covenant. Let's just quickly go through. The first thing we see, Jehoshaphat knew he was a covenant man. If you're going to put a demand on the covenant, you've got to know that you're a covenant, you, you have a covenant with God. And that's what Covenant Keepers is all about. We're going to teach you the covenant of God. We're going to teach you how to enter into the covenant of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're not born again, you have no covenant with God. That's why Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except by me. Some people say, oh, I can't be just through Jesus. He's the only one that came and shed sinless blood to, to sign off on, a, on the covenant of God. It had to have pure blood. It had to have sinless blood. And no one was available. Buddha's blood had sin. Come on now. He was born of the Adamic seed. So Buddha's blood couldn't do it. Muhammad's blood couldn't do it. No one's blood could do it except one born through the virgin who lived 33 and a half years without sin. His blood was pure. His blood was spotless. And His blood redeemed us. He is the Messiah. Come on now. We need to celebrate who Jesus is. Through a relationship with Him, you come into and have privilege and rights to the covenant of God. So he said, you promised Abraham and his descendants the land of Canaan. I am one of his descendants, and this is our land. So he's talking to God. He said, God, I, I am in covenant. You, you made this covenant with Abraham. Remember, this is a, 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 an inferior covenant to ours that is made through Abraham's covenant has been extended and advanced and enhanced through Jesus Christ. So even with this one, he says, I'm a covenant man, God. You made this covenant with Abraham, and I'm a descendant of Abraham. You made it with his, him and his descendants, so I'm claiming my covenant. you got to know that you are in covenant with God. Come on now. You can't just say, well, I hope the Lord will do something for me. That's not what moves the hand of God. If you're going to place the demand on the covenant of God, you've got to take your right. Just like I was on this phone and I said, no, this is what you're going to do. They said, no, when you send the product back and we approve of the product that we didn't send you, then we'll give you back the money that we took from you that you didn't approve of. I said, no, that's not how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. And you've got to know that you're in covenant with God so that you can stand up to the devil and say, no. This is not how it's going to be. Uh, you're not going to come in here and just take. You're going to not, you're not only repay, but you're going to have to repay a hundredfold, you thief. And then you're getting out of here. Come on now. You're going to restore the years that the locusts have destroyed. I'm telling you. Come on now. Somebody's got to see this. You've got to know that you're in covenant with God. That's why Psalms 107.2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you're in covenant, you've got to say so. Come on, we come against that blind spirit. We come against that deaf spirit. We come against that mute spirit so that you can see the covenant of God. You can hear the word of the covenant of God and you begin to speak the covenant of God. I'm redeemed. I, the ransom has been paid. I'm not living in bondage to sickness and sin and disease and brokenness anymore. I've been lifted. I've been redeemed. I've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. I'm a covenant man or a covenant woman if you are there. It's called the divine exchange. You've got to, you've got to say it. The second thing is, he understood that everything belonging to him was God's and everything belonging to God was his. Now that's covenant. That's what the blood covenant of Jesus Christ does for us. 
It establishes this unbreakable exchange of possessions, this divine exchange. Here in verse 11, he says, they're coming to drive us out of your possession. He's talking to God. This is covenant language. They're coming to drive us not out of our possession, but of your possession because we're in covenant. And if we're in covenant, what is yours is ours and what ours is yours, which you have given us to inherit. I like that. You, he says, if they're taking something from us, God, they're taking it from you, God. Because of our covenant, what is ours is yours. The land, that is ours. They're coming to take it. That's your land, God. And what we have is yours. Uh, the problems, the, the, the enemy coming against, now this problem is yours. <laughs> Come on now. If you belong to Christ, Galatians 3.29, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the covenant promise. If my children come to me and say, Dad, I've been struggling with this and I've been fighting with this and somebody's been taking advantage of me and I didn't want to bother you with it, but, but here's, I, I've come to an end of myself. Here, God, Dad, this is what's going on. And if my child has been wronged and they bring that to me, now what there was their problem becomes my problem. And their enemy becomes my enemy. And now I'm bringing a solution, so my solution becomes their solution, and my muscle power of whatever arena it is becomes their power because we're in covenant. And the same is true with God. It takes faith to do this, but that's what we're learning so that we can have faith in what God has provided for us in covenant. And the third thing, Jehoshaphat admitted his need for help. You cannot be Superman or Super... I saw Superman out here. Somebody, Superman, I, you, you know you got to bow your knee to Jesus too. You can't take care of you. Kryptonite will take you out. But no kryptonite's going to touch my Jesus. The power of God, nothing can dethrone him. Nothing can uh, dispose him. Amen? Amen. So he me admitted his need for help. Verse 12, the middle part, he says, For we have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us. So you got to humble yourself. To be in this covenant, you humble yourself realizing that you're not the great one, but you serve the great one. Amen? If you humble yourself, God says he'll lift you. He'll exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, God says, let's just open the window and let circumstances humble you. Right? So Jehoshaphat acknowledges he is powerless in his own abilities. And I don't know about you today. Maybe you've got problems in, in your life today. And you're facing some of the, what the enemy's brought against you. And you're at a place where, you know, there's nothing you can do. Maybe there's nothing the accountant can do, the banker can do, your employer can do. Maybe nothing the doctor can do. But let me tell you what, you have a covenant with God. And God has all power. He's omnipotent. Hallelujah. You need to humble yourself and come to Him and admit your need for God's help. And then the fourth thing Jehoshaphat did is he looked to the covenant keeper. He looked to the covenant keeper. Look at verse 12, the latter part. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hallelujah. He said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. you got to learn to take your eyes off of your problems and put your eyes on your covenant God you got to get your eyes off of the situation and the circumstances and the turmoil that the devil's bringing against you. I'm telling you, we've been running to God for too long telling Him how big our mountain is, but we need to run to our mountain and tell Him how big our God is. Come on, somebody needs to wake up in here today. We need to learn that, wait a minute, I'm in covenant with God. This is the covenant, the better covenant. The, the covenant with the blood of Jesus Christ is unbreakable. It's more legal than the laws of, of America. It's more legal than the laws of Europe. Come on now. And, and 
I'm not backing down. I'm going to look to my covenant keeper and I'm going to bring forth the manifest of that which is in heaven on earth. So my eyes are on you. I'm telling you, the devil wants you to put your eyes on your sickness. Put your eyes on your weakness. Put your eyes on your, your, your generational issue, iniquity. Come on, we act like we're in covenant with these things. We act like they're our family. We act like arthritis is our family. Come on now. You say, well, I inherit it. Well, it's time to disinherit it, okay? You're like, you go around saying, my arthritis has me crippled. My gout's coming back. My, my, is it yours? Man, I'd look at that thing as an Ammon. I'd look at that thing as a Mount Seir. I'd look at that thing as an enemy, Syria, trying to come in. And I would be calling on my covenant God and says, we ain't no relation. That ain't good English, but it gets the point across. No relation. Arthur, you got to go. You got to go. Gout, you got to go. Liver problem, you got to go. Kidney problem, you got to go. Pancreas problem, you got to go. Heart disease, you got to go. You know, whatever it is, vascular disease, you got to go. Cancer, tongue, uh, 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 ear, uh, neck, uh, chest, arm, leg, belly, wherever, foot. Got to go. You're not mine. I'm in covenant with God. You got to look to the covenant keeper. Amen. And our eyes are on you, Lord. And you say, oh, oh, just because I got an enemy, maybe this is how God wants it to be. Do you not see? It wasn't God's plan for the enemy to come in. It wasn't God's plan. But when Jehoshaphat put a demand on the covenant, the covenant God came in and destroyed the enemy. Let me tell you, your sickness is not your friend. Oh, but I'm learning good lessons while I'm sick. You can learn those lessons without being sick. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm glad you're learning some good lessons while you're sick, but God didn't give you that sickness to teach you that lesson. He in covenant will teach you that lesson outside of that sickness if you've got an ear to hear and an eye to see and a mouth to speak. Amen? And then the final thing here, we see that he did what God told him to do. You've got to walk in obedience. If you're going to operate in the covenant of God, you've got to obey the God of the covenant. He sent the praisers out front. Now that is not what you do in that day and age. Back in that day and age, it was bloody, it was brutal, it was warfare, hand-to-hand combat, it was tough going. So you put the monsters, you put the men that squeaked with muscle and all of their armor, you put them on the front line. You didn't put the praise and worship team on the front line. That is just not how you do battle. But God flipped the script. Let me tell you what, you got to walk in obedience to God. You got to walk in obedience to God. And if He flips the script on what the natural should be, you say, I'm, I'm walking in the supernatural. I'm going to do it your way, God. And He told them to put the praisers out front. And we've already made the emphasis when, when they began to sing and praise. In other words, they're doing, they're walking in obedience. They're doing what God told them to do. Put them out front, let's praise. Praise as though the battle is already won. And when they did that in faith, God, you see that, the Lord set ambushes against the enemy and they destroyed themselves. Because covenant is this, the battle is not yours, it is the Lord. God told them, the battle is not yours, the battle is mine, says the Lord. That's covenant talk. God said, if it's your battle, we're in covenant, what's yours is mine, I'll take the battle. And victory is mine, God says. So we're in covenant. What mine is yours, I'll give you the victory. So you go ahead and start praising for the victory, and I'll take care of the battle. And our mind says, but the battle has not been won, so why would I praise for the victory? He said, you don't get it. This is a walk by faith. We're not walking by sight. It takes faith to please me, saith the Lord. And without faith, it's impossible to walk in my, my plan and my decree and my pleasure. So we have to have opportunity to exercise faith. And in covenant, we go by what God says rather than what we see. Hallelujah. 
So we do what He tells us to do. See, the blood covenant is the key to every issue you will ever face. I'm here to tell you. And when you get an understanding of the blood covenant and you learn how to put it into action, there is no end. I say there is no end to what God can do in and through your life. Hallelujah. And Jesus said it this way. He said it is so important that you understand the covenant, this blood covenant. So important that you understand it, that the night that he was betrayed, he said, before I leave, before they kill me, before they crucify me, before they shed my blood, he says, I pull you together. You can't forget this. He didn't talk about prayer. He didn't talk about fasting. He didn't talk about evangelism. He didn't talk about laying hands on the sick. And all that stuff's important. The last thing he said, you got to keep doing this in remembrance of me. And he took the blood of the grape and he said, this represents the blood of the new covenant that I'm shedding for you. And this is the body it came from, a, a sinless body that was broken for you. Don't forget the blood covenant. It's the meal that heals. It's the meal that delivers. It's the meal that brings prosperity. It's the meal that brings advancement. It's the meal that brings favor. It's the meal that takes you to the next level. It's the meal that brings you into God's divine destiny. He said, you can't forget the blood covenant. you got to make a demand on it. And let me tell you what. As he took that fruit of the, the grape and he took that, he took that uh, uh, broken bread and he says, this is my body. And as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. I don't want you to forget this. The only thing he really ever told us, don't forget you can't forget this. You've got to remember this. You've got to remember this. Why? Because it's all based on the blood covenant. It's all based on the blood covenant. And we're going to study covenant. We're going to understand covenant. We're going to learn covenant. We're going to walk in covenant. We're going to talk in covenant. We're going to praise in covenant. And we're going to see the hand of God bring the enemy down in our life. We're going to see sickness, that stubborn sickness that prayer doesn't seem to have any effect on. Let me tell you what, when we are covenant keeper and we begin to position ourselves position ourselves as Jehoshaphat had the praisers and, and the whole team do. Let me tell you why. We position ourselves in covenant. We will see the enemy come down. We will see the enemy come down. And if you really believe and really have faith in the blood covenant of God, you're going to be living your life leading the way in praise and thanksgiving. You're thanking God. You say the arthritis is still there, but I'm thanking God. It's got to go. It's got to go. Hallelujah. It, there's no if, ands, and buts about it. Cancer, you got to go. No if, ands, and buts about it. Poverty, you got to go. No if, ands, and buts about it. Uh, bondage, you got to go. Drug addiction, you got to go. Alcoholism, you got to go. Porn addiction, you got to go. Come on now. Whatever the devil has on you, it's got to go. It, there's no if, ands, and buts. You need to start praising by faith uh, what your covenant God has promised and it places a demand uh, to bring forth the manifest of it in your life. Hallelujah. Paul tells us as we take the bread and we take the fruit of the vine, he said this is the blessed cup, the cup of blessing. He said it releases the blessing. Not that the magic is, there's any magic in the cup. It's just the cup takes us back to the covenant. And the covenant has already decreed, already legally said, you're healed. By His stripes, you're healed. By His provision, your needs are met according to the riches of God and glory. Come on now. That you're free, hallelujah, from every bondage. Man, it's time for the children of God to rise up 
like Jehoshaphat led this revival with Israel, with Judah there, who they rose up and the word got out into all the other nations. God fights their fight. God delivers them. God takes care of them. And fear got in the enemy's camp. It's time we put some fear in the enemy's camp. It's time the devil, he'll think twice before he comes barging into your life to barf on you his junk. Come on now. It seems as though the church has become pacifist and we just let the devil barf on us and do anything he wants to do, just throw his mess on us and we just take it and we just take it. And we're like good, like good pacifists. I'm telling you, the Lord is calling up a mighty army. He's raising up a mighty army. He's given us, a, the, he's given us his armor to wear and he says it's time that we stand. That's a covenant language. We stand on the covenant and we see the destruction of the enemy. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Father God, we just bow our heads before you. Lord, as we humbly bow our heads before you, Lord, we say we need you, God. We need you. We cannot do this on our own. We can't turn our family around. We can't turn our health around. We can't turn our finances around. We can't turn relationships around. Lord God, we need you. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning that does not know you as their God, their, through the, your son Jesus as Lord and Savior, you said, whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Lord, I pray that in their heart they would find the conviction of the Holy Spirit wooing them and drawing them to a place of surrender. Right now, this very moment, that they would call on you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Would you call on him? Jesus. If you never called on him before, call on him. Jesus, Jesus. I call on your name. You are Yeshua. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of the living God. You're my Savior. You're my only hope. I call on you as I surrender my life to your Lordship. You got to surrender to Him. You got to call Him Lord. Jesus, Jesus, call on His name. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. And I call you my Lord. Come be my Lord and my Savior. Lord, come in and cleanse me with your precious blood. Cleanse me, forgive me, wash me white as snow. Come be seated on my heart as King of kings and Lord of lords. I surrender to you, Jesus. Because I believe that God has raised you from the dead. Just tell him, I believe you're raised from the dead. You're alive. And now I want you to live in and through me. The Bible says if you'll pray that prayer, you'll call upon the name of Jesus, that you are born again. You are born into the kingdom of God and now the covenant is yours you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ and you're in covenant with God the blood covenant is yours so everything preacher said here today whatever pastor has taught us today from the word of God that you can do you can place the demand on the covenant as a child of God hallelujah and now, God, as we prepare to take this bread and take the fruit of the vine, Lord, help as the taste goes upon our tongue and the texture in our mouth, the nourishment into our bodies. Let it awaken us, spirit, soul, and body to the blood covenant that you have given to each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord. We pray. Amen. Have our ushers come now, and uh, they're going to position themselves.
with the elements of covenant. And we're going to invite you to come out of the left side of your row, uh, left side of the aisle, and to take of the elements and back to your seat and hold on to them until we can all take together. Hallelujah. But until then, let's do what Jehoshaphat was instructed to do. Let's put some praise and let's put the worshipers out front. Amen. This isn't just something we're going to do here, taking bread and taking juice. No, no, no. We are, we are establishing covenant and reestablishing covenant today in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.